your mum or dad or your grandma or grandpa or maybe your aunt or uncle were to ask you how much you loved them, what would you say? Hello everyone, I'm Kathleen Pelly. Welcome to Journey with Story. Wondering how you answered my question. Some of you might have said, I love you as much as life itself. Or I love you to pieces. Or I love you as much as a flower loves the sun. Or as much as the earth loves rain. Or something like that. Well, since this month, many people celebrate Valentine's Day on February the 14th. Today's episode is a story to make us think about what it means to love someone. It's an old English fairy tale about a king who asks his three daughters this very question that I began with. How much do you love me? One of his daughters gives a very unusual answer. But before we begin, I want to give a shout out to Owen St. Louis who was the winner of my blog tour with the Children's Book Review back in December. Congratulations to you, Owen. This episode is especially dedicated to you. Enjoy. Oh, and a big thanks to all of our wonderful listeners in Mongolia, India, Indonesia, Sweden and Namibia, where we were recently ranked... Number one in kids' educational podcasts. Thank you so much for all of your support. Now, let's take a journey with Cap or Rushes. And this version was written by Flora Annie Steele. Once upon a time, a long, long while ago, when all the world was young, and all sorts of strange things happened. There lived a very rich gentleman whose wife had died, leaving him three lovely daughters. They were the apple of his eye, and he loved them with all his heart. Now one day, he wanted to find out if they loved him in return. So he said to the eldest, "'How much do you love me, my dear?' And she answered as pat as may be, as I love my life. Oh, very good, my dear, said he, and he gave her a kiss. Then he said to the second girl, how much do you love me, my dear? And she answered as swift as thought, better than all the world beside. Good, he replied and patted her on the cheek. Then he turned to the youngest, who was also the prettiest. And how much do you love me, my dearest? Now, the youngest daughter was not only pretty, she was clever. So she thought a moment. Then she said slowly, I love you as fresh meat loves salt. Now, when her father heard this, he was very angry, because he really loved her more than the others. What? he said. If that is all you give me in return for all I've given you, out of my house you go. So there and then, he turned her out of the home, 
where she had been born and bred, and shut the door in her face. Not knowing where to go, the poor girl wandered on and on. She wandered on until she came to a big marsh where the reeds grew ever so tall, and the rushes swayed in the wind like a field of corn. There she sat down and plaited some rushes to make herself an overall and then a cap to match. In this way she hid her fine clothes as well as her beautiful golden hair that was all set with milk-white pearls. For she was a wise girl and thought that in such a desolate countryside perhaps some robber might fall in with her and try to rob her of her fine clothes and jewels. It took a long time to braid the dress and cap, and while she braided she sang a little song. Hide my hair, O cap o' rushes, Hide my heart, O robe o' rushes, Sure my answer had no fault, I love him more than he loves salt. And the birds of the marsh listened, and sang back to her. Capo rushes shed no tear. Robo rushes have no fear. With these words, if fault he'd find, sure your father must be blind. When her task was finished, the girl put on her robe of rushes, and it hid all her fine clothes, and she put on the cap, and it hid all her beautiful hair, so that she looked quite a common country girl. But the marsh birds flew away singing as they flew, Capo rushes, we can see, Robo rushes, what you be, Fair and clean and fine and tidy, So you'll be whatever betide you. By this time, the girl was very, very hungry, so she wandered on and she wandered on. But nearly a cottage or a hamlet did she see, till just at sunsetting, she came on a great house on the edge of the marsh. It had a fine front door to it, but mindful of her dress of rushes, she went round to the back. And there she saw a strapping fat scullion maid washing pots and pans with a very sulky face. So, being a clever girl, she guessed what the maid was wanting and she said, If I may have a night's lodging, I will scrub the pots and pans for you. Why, ears luck, replied the scullery maid ever so pleased. I was just wanting badly to go walking with my sweetheart. So if you will do my work, you shall share my bed and have a bite of my supper. Only mind you scrub the pots clean, or cook will scold me. Now, next morning, the pots were scraped so clean that they looked like new, and the saucepans were polished like silver, and the cook said to the scullion, Oh, clean these pots, not you, I'll swear. So the maid had no choice but to tell the truth. At once the cook told the scullery maid to be on her way, for what use was she when this new girl was so much better? But the girl stood up to the cook, saying, The maid was kind to me and gave me a night's lodging, she said, so now I will stay without wage 
and do the dirty work for her. So Kappa Rushes, for so they called her since she would give no other name, stayed on and cleaned the pots and scraped the saucepans. Now it so happened that the son of the household came of age, and to celebrate the occasion, a ball was given to the neighbourhood, for the young man was a grand dancer and loved nothing so well as a night of dancing. It was a very fine party, and after supper was served, the servants were allowed to go and watch the festivities from the gallery of the ballroom. But Capo Rushes refused to go, for she also was a grand dancer, and she was afraid that when she heard the fiddles starting a merry jig, she might start dancing. So she excused herself by saying she was too tired with scraping pots and washing saucepans, and when the others went off, she crept up to her bed. But her bedroom door had been left open, and as she lay in her bed, she could hear the fiddlers fiddling away and the tramp of dancing feet. Then she upped and off with her cap and robe of rushes, and there she was, ever so fine and tidy. She was in the ballroom in a trice, joining in the jig, and none was more beautiful or better dressed than she. While, as for her dancing, her master's son singled her out at once and with the finest of bows engaged her as his partner for the rest of the night. So she danced away to her heart's content while the whole room was agog trying to find out who the beautiful young stranger could be. But of course she gave them no clues and finally making some excuse slipped away before the ball finished. So when her fellow servants came to bed, there she was in hers, in her cap and robe of rushes, pretending to be fast asleep. Next morning, however, the maids could talk of nothing but the beautiful stranger. "'You should have seen her,' they said. "'She was the loveliest young lady as ever, you see. Not a bit like the likes away.' Her golden hair was all silvered with pearls and her dress, oh, law, you wouldn't believe how she was dressed. Young master never took his eyes off her. And Caparushes only smiled and said with a twinkle in her eye, I should like to see her, but I don't think I ever shall. Oh, yes, you will, they replied. For young master has ordered another ball tonight in hopes she will come to dance again. But that evening, Capo Rushes refused once more to go to the gallery, saying she was too tired with cleaning pots and scraping saucepans. And once more, when she heard the fiddlers fiddling, she said to herself, I must have one dance, just one with the young master. He dances so beautifully. For she felt certain he would dance with her. And sure enough, when she had upped and offed with her cap and robe of rushes, there he was at the door waiting for her to come, for he had determined to dance with no one else. So he took her by the hand, and they danced down the ballroom. It was a sight of all sights. Never were such dancers. So young, so handsome, so fine, and so merry. But once again, Caporushes kept to herself and just slipped away on some excuse in time so that when her fellow servants came to their beds, 
they found her in hers, pretending to be fast asleep. But her cheeks were all flushed, and her breath came fast. So they said, She is dreaming, we hope her dreams are happy. But next morning they were full of what she had missed. Never was such a beautiful young gentleman as young master. Never was such a beautiful young lady. Never was such beautiful dancing. And everyone else had stopped theirs to look on. And Caporushes, with a twinkle in her eyes, said, I should like to see her, but I'm sure I never shall. Oh, yes, they replied. If you come tonight, you are sure to see her, for young master has ordered another ball in hopes the beautiful stranger will come again. It's easy to say he is madly in love with her. Then Caporushes told herself she would not dance again, since it was not fit for a happy young master to be in love with his scullery maid. But alas, the moment she heard the fiddlers fiddling, she just upped and off with her rushes, and there she was, fine and tidy as ever. She didn't even have to brush her beautiful golden hair, and once again she was in the ballroom in a trice, dancing away with young master, who never took his eyes off her, and implored her to tell him who she was. But she only told him that she never, never, never would come to dance any more, so that he must say goodbye. And he held her hand so fast that she had a job to get away, and lo and behold, his ring came off his finger, and as she ran up to her bed, there it was in her hand. She had just time to put on her cap and robe of rushes when her fellow servants came trooping in and found her awake. It was the noise you made coming upstairs, she made excuse, but they said, Not way, it is the whole place that is in an uproar, searching for the beautiful stranger. Young master, he tried to detain her, but she slipped from him like an eel. But he declares he will find her, for if he doesn't, he will die of love of her. Then Caporushes laughed. Oh, young men don't die of love, says she. He will find someone else. But he didn't. He spent his whole time looking for his beautiful dancer. But go where he might and ask whom he would, he never heard anything about her. And day by day he grew thinner and thinner and paler and paler. Until at last he took to his bed. And the housekeeper came to the cook and said, Cook the nicest dinner you can cook, for young master is eating nothing. Then the cook prepared soups and jellies and creams and roast chicken and bread sauce, but the young man would have none of them. And Caporushes cleaned the pots and scraped the saucepans and said nothing. Then the housekeeper came crying and said to the cook, Prepare some gruel for young master. Perhaps he'd take that. If not, he will die for love of the beautiful dancer. If she could see him now, she would have pity on him. So the cook began to make the gruel, and Caporushes left, scraping saucepans, and watched her. Let me stir it, she said, while you fetch a cup from the pantry room. So Caporushes stirred the gruel, and what did she do but slip young master's ring into it before the cook came back. 
Then the butler took the cup upstairs on a silver salver. But when the young master saw it, he waved it away, till the butler with tears begged him just to taste it. So the young master took a silver spoon and stirred the gruel, and he felt something hard at the bottom of the cup. And when he fished it up, lo, it was his own ring. Then he sat up in bed and said quite loud, Send for the cook. And when she came, he asked her who made the gruel. I did, she said, for she was half pleased and half frightened. Then he looked at her all over and said, No, you didn't, you're too stout. Tell me who made it and you shan't be harmed. Then the cook began to cry. If you please, sir, I did make it, but but Caporushes stirred it. And who is Caporushes? asked the young man. If you please, sir, Caporushes is the scullion, whimpered the cook. Then the young man sighed and fell back on his pillow. Oh, send Caporushes here, he said in a faint voice, for he really was very near dying. And when Caporushes came, he just looked at her cap and her robe of rushes and turned his face to the wall. But he asked her in a weak little voice, Oh, from whom did you get that ring? Now when Caporushes saw the poor young man so weak and worn with love for her, her heart melted and she replied softly, From him that gave it to me she said, and oft with her cap and robe of rushes, and there she was as fine and tidy as ever, with her beautiful golden hair all silvered over with pearls. And when the young man caught sight of her, he sat up in bed as strong as may be, and drew her to him, and gave her a great big kiss. So of course... They were to be married, in spite of her being only a scullery maid, for she told no one who she was. Now everyone far and near was asked to the wedding. Amongst the invited guests was Cap O'Rush's father, who from grief at losing his favourite daughter had lost his sight and was very dull and miserable. However, as a friend of the family... He had to come to the young master's wedding. Now the marriage feast was to be the finest ever seen, but Kappa Rushes went to her friend the cook and said, Dress every dish without one mite of salt. Well, that'll be rare and nasty, replied the cook. But because she prided herself on having let Kappa Rushes stir the gruel and so save the young master's life, she did as she was asked, and dressed every dish for the wedding breakfast without one mite of salt. Now, when the company sat down to table, their faces were full of smiles and content, for all the dishes looked so nice and tasty. But no sooner had the guests begun to eat than their faces fell. For nothing can be tasty without salt. Then Caporush's blind father, whom his daughter had seated next to her, burst out crying. What is the matter? she asked him. Then the old man sobbed. I had a daughter whom I loved, 
dearly, dearly. And I asked her how much she loved me. And she replied, as fresh meat loves salt. And I was angry with her and turned her out of the house and home, for I thought she didn't love me at all. But now I see she loved me best of all. And as he said the words, his eyes were opened, and there beside him was his daughter, lovelier than ever. And she gave him one hand, and her husband, the young master, the other. And she laughed, saying, I love you both, as fresh meat loves salt. And after that, they were all happy forever more. There are actually many, many, many different versions of this story from many countries around the world, such as India, Greece and Germany. And in some of those countries, this story is called the Salt Princess or Love Like Salt. This story certainly makes us realise how precious salt is, doesn't it? You could try asking your mum or dad to cook your favourite dinner without using any salt at all and see what it tastes like then maybe like Kappa Rushes you can tell them you love them like salt don't forget to send us any pictures this story might inspire you to draw and if you want some colouring sheets then sign up for them at our website www.journeywithstory.com Cheerio then join me next time for Journey with Story Music and post-production was by Colette Jonas.